Hey everybody, I'm Dan Vespris, the host of Fantasy NBA Today, Hoopball's flagship full-season fantasy podcast. We cover every piece of news, every mock draft, every rank list, pickups, drops, buy lows, sell highs, and every sleeper candidate all year long, Monday through Friday. Come check us out. We're Fantasy NBA Today, and you can follow me on Twitter for updates at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. We'll talk to you soon. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. So I was having a lovely Tuesday, you know, just fine. Rick was okay, had a good meal, came home, relaxed to a little bit of a game, you know, what, what started a promising first quarter, and then my Lakers proceeded to lose, and then claw back, and then lose, and then claw back, and then lose, and the game was over, and now I'm frustrated. Yo, 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 and welcome to another edition of NBA Today, a hoop ball presentation. I am your host with the most, Corbin Ford. You can follow me at Corbin NBA, staying cool and chill as always. This is a hoop ball presentation, so make sure to check out the fine folks at Hoop Ball. Twitter, Hoop Ball Tweets, online, hoop-ball.com, as I always say. Today is Wednesday, September 23rd, and does the year seem to be flying by or does the year seem to be flying by? Isn't it crazy? It is. I mean, blink and we're in the conference finals. Yeah, granted, conference finals usually don't play, take place in September, but here we are. And the Lakers did fall. That was the news of Tuesday night, unless you think Billy Donovan is huge, huge news. We'll get to that in a little bit. But the Lakers did lose to the Ma- to the Nuggets, Mavericks, excuse me, behind a dominant performance by Jamal Murray. Timely performances by guys like um, Jeremy Grant, and Monte Morris, and another stellar performance by the Joker himself, Nikola Jokic. They rode those four to victory, beating the Lakers 114-106. to Now, the Lakers still lead the series two games to one. Game four will be on Thursday. But the Nuggets proved a point. They proved that, hey, we're, we're a team that you you got to watch. you you, you got to look at us. We've made this a series. And let's just take a moment and look at Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray was just brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Nearly put up a triple-double, hit big shot after big shot to hold the Lakers at bay and then finally put them away late in the fourth. And he finished 28 points, 12 assists, and 8 rebounds. Had just a great display of shot-making down the stretch and just really played well, really paced the Nuggets, as he has this entire postseason. Nikola Jokic did what Nikola Jokic does. 22 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists, another strong game for him. But, I mean, Murray really keyed the Nuggets. The Lakers really were outplayed for most of the game. They were. They didn't deserve to win this game, but they cut the lead to five early in the third quarter with a great run that I didn't even know the Lakers had in them, just given the fact that they were down by so much and the energy just seemed to be low. Not just missing shots and horrible defensive rotations, which that was a thing. Ronda was horrendous. Anthony Davis on the glass was a non-factor. Didn't get his first rebound until 37 minutes into the game. It was, it was rough for them, but they put together a run keyed by playoff Rondo getting three steals in, in three minutes, just just really forcing six Denver turnovers nearly by himself and really helping Lakers to get in transition where they are still a superb team. And when their offense hits ruts like they do in the half court, they can always get in transition if they force the issue or just take advantage off of breaks like they did, and boom, they're right back in the game. Denver took that third quarter lead that was cut, though, and they pushed it back to as much as 18 
before the Lakers came back with one last comeback in the fourth quarter, making it a tight game with about eight minutes left, and then that's when Murray came and sealed the deal. But again, Jeremy Grant came through. If you remember, last night I was talking with my friend from Hoop Ball Mavs, Lawrence Brooks, and he mentioned that another nugget, aside from Nikola Jokic or Jamal Murray, would have to step up for Denver to get a win. And, and they had not one, but two people. Jeremy Grant came with the playoff career high, 26 points. It, he was so hot. It was. It took a moment where the Lakers were actually double-teaming him for a second, which is kind of crazy because Jeremy Grant, of any player on the Denver Nuggets floor, I, I would not consider as someone that needed to be covered, but like that at least. But he definitely was. Monty Morris came through double figures. Um, midway through the game, only missed one shot, five or six shooting. I mean, it was great. And granted, you're not going to get performances like that from Morris or Grant every night. You're definitely not going to get 20-plus points from Grant. That that right there, that would tremendously help his free agent situation. But the fact that they did get what they got from both those guys were big. And, you know, AD, I mean, if you if you looked at the box score and you saw that Anthony Davis had 27 points, you know, you'd think, wow, he had a good game. Just because of how good he is and, and, and just – in all facets of the game, how how superbly talented that he is. But he really wasn't that way to last night. He didn't get a single rebound, like I said, to the fourth quarter. Didn't pick up a blocked shot at all. If you look at his shot chart, he was 3-3 three three, you know, in the paint area, 4-4 four four from the free throw line, 2-6 um, from outside of that, or 4-4 four 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 from like that the mid-range spot, 2-6 from deep, you know, top of the key to three-point range, 0 for 1 from one corner for three, 0 for 1 from another corner for three. A lot of outside shooting, a lot of settling, it seemed, a lot of passivity, it seemed. And, you know, he played right into Denver's hands. They didn't really have to focus on guarding him when he wasn't forcing the action. You know, dribbling out of double teams, passing up passes. There was one notable fast break I remember where Rondo took the ball, you know, driving down court on the left-hand side, shoveled a pass to Anthony Davis. All he had to do was put the ball up and finish. He tries to shovel it back to Rondo, who was not expecting it, rightfully so, and the ball bounces off Rondo out of bounds. And it's those types of plays that that, that make it where, you know, Davis got to step up and, and just, just bring more to the table. Granted, 27 points, bring more to the table. is kind of crazy to think of someone as, as, as doing that, that as needing to do more. But the, if he had done a little more and was a little more aggressive and didn't wait till the fourth quarter to decide to grab a rebound, the Lakers probably would have won this game, even playing as bad as they did. And, and, and make no mistake, the Lakers played horrible. Three-point shooting, they went 6 of 26 from outside. 2 of 18 from LeBron, AD, Danny Green, Roger Rondo, and Alex Caruso combined. Again, I'll say that. 2 of 18 between all of them. 6 of 26 in general. The Nuggets are focusing on James and Davis so much that role players like Rondo, like Caruso, like Danny Green, you know, these guys, KCP, they, they, they have to shoot. They have to shoot and they have to be consistent in making their shots. And aside from really no one on the court except maybe Contavious Caldwell-Pope, who actually looks the role of a shooter and has been shooting as such, no one else seems to be doing that. And mind you, Lakers, you know, they were pretty cold most of the bubble season into the postseason, so they were due for a bad cold night. But this was let's just say not the ideal time to have it and the Nuggets took full advantage and we'll have to see when game four goes how that will swing but for me the big the big day aside from Jamal Murray playing as well as he did clutch three-pointers and great late game assist and an absolute dagger here with 53 seconds left I, I really think that Grant was the guy of the player of the game for me. He really stepped up. Uh, he always brings the energy on defense, as we know, but offensively, he's hit or miss. Uh, he definitely stepped down a peg from last season's performance in the playoffs for OKC. Uh, he was averaging 8.8 points on 36% shooting and 26% from three against both the Clippers and the Lakers up to this point. But he went off in a major way in game three. 
not just going to the basket and to the free throw line, because he did a lot of that. He went two of five from deep, but he was aggressive in doing that, not just getting there. He took 12 free throws in game three, 10 out of 12. After shooting just 18 free throws in the previous nine games combined, he was attacking closeouts quickly. He was looking for contact and seeking it, and he was racking up the points and putting pressure on the Lakers' defense in a way that they didn't adjust for. They had nothing for it, and you could see the stress that was caused by that because they, they had no way of thinking that Grant would step up in that way. And, you know, for a 6'8 wing with the versatility that he has and the Gumby-like arms he's able to display on the offensive end, when he's putting it together, when he's feeling an iota of effectiveness um, and tenacity on the offensive end, he can be a real problem, and that's exactly what he was. And, you know, we'll have to see what Game 4 looks like. Uh, Lakers are still in control two games to one, and I think overall they're still in control. I think they definitely need to, you know, work on defensive tenacity, making sure their rotations are there, not waiting until midway through the game to decide to play tough basketball, and let's hope that their shots fall down a little earlier if you're looking for the Lakers. If you're rooting for the Nuggets, you're looking, looking excuse me, tired here. You are looking for Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic to keep playing as well as they've played all postseason. But you're also looking at guys that can be potentially X-factors. That is guys like Gary Harris. That is guys like Michael Porter Jr. Where you mentioned Monte Morris and Jeremy Grant. Paul Millsap is due for a game. Maybe Mason Plumley. Guys that, that are not looked upon as major contributors in, in, in the sense that you can fact them for 15, 20 points a night, book it. You know what I mean? They're definitely major contributors because Nuggets team is, is a team that's collectively the strength of its sum, you know? But in terms of saying, okay, I look at the Lakers roster. I know what I'm getting from AD. I know what I'm getting from LeBron. I don't know what I'm getting from Danny Green. I don't know what I'm getting from Alex Caruso, that sort of thing, you know? And so for Nuggets players, guys like I mentioned, who step up in big ways to really help the Nuggets and give them, you know, contributions in, in much needed aspects and that's not just scoring maybe that's being a, a great floor general for Monte Morris maybe that's being a great rebounder and and, and great versatile defender um, for moments for Paul Millsap maybe it's be making a big you know block or snatching a big rebound or taking a no 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 yes three-pointer for Michael Porter Jr. could be any of those guys but for the Nuggets keep having those timely contributions it is definitely a series Lakers up 2-1 game four on Thursday all right, y'all, I'm going to breeze through this. We already know sports are back, baby, right? Obviously, basketball, football, baseball, it's all going on. It's re- very rare. I-, I can't even think the last time that all three were going at the same time. But there it is. And that's funny because all three going at the same time is exactly how I would describe my bookie. My bookie's a home run. It's a slam dunk. It's a triple overtime game-winning shot all wrapped up into one. We all love it. I love it. You love it. And that should be all you need to hear in order to start betting today. My bookie's up to the minute odds on all your favorite teams. Got the playoffs right now going on. There's never been a better time to start playing with my bookie. It is easy. You bet, you win, they pay. Let's talk about baseball for a second. If you're feeling good about your MLB team's chances this year, I don't know where they are in the baseball season because this is, after all, NBA today. But let's say that there's still time to bet for them. Check on my bookie's World Series future bets. Nothing shows you believe in your squad more like betting on them before the season's even begun. But why even stop with basketball or, or baseball or, or football? Smart bettors are always looking toward the future, and my bookie accepts bets on everything there's never been a better time to start exploring the world of online sports betting so join today and my book you will not only match your deposit 100 percent they will also toss you a free 10 dollar mlb future wager again they'll match your deposit 100 percent and they'll toss you a free 10 dollar mlb future wager all you gotta do is enter promo code hoopball h-o-o-p-b-a-l-l when signing up again that's hoopball all together hoopball h-o-o-p-b-a-l-l when signing up remember at my bookie the terms are very simple you bet you win they pay also, got to let you know, support for Hoopball is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. They obsess over the technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. 
I have a couple of sad, scary stories about, you know, grooming experiences gone wrong, but I am all about positivity on NBA Today. That's what the show is all about, and that's why I will not share those stories with you. That being said, Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. It is the Man Lawnmower 3.0, developed by the Manscaping engineering team after 18 months to perfect the greatest hair trimmer ever created. This third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge trimming blade to reduce Manscaping accidents thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin-safe technology. When I tell y'all this is premium, y'all, I mean this is premium. The battery lasts up to 90 minutes, so you can take a longer shave. Not only that, there's water-resistant technology. There's an LED light which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by the USB. If you're listening to me speak right now, which you are, I want you to experience this firsthand for yourself. So get 20% off plus free shipping with the code HOOPBALL20, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L-2-0 at manscaped.com. Again, 20% off plus free shipping with the code HOOPBALL, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L at manscaped.com. Again, 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And make sure to use the promo code HOOPBALL20. I don't remember the last time I shared or unveiled this uh, segment, but line of the night... We got to start with Denver, and we got to look at Jeremy Grant. 26 points on 63% shooting, 10 of 12 from the free throw line, two three-pointers, three rebounds, one assist. Such a gaudy stat line. Second on the Nuggets in scoring. Second, of course, Jamal Murray. 28 points on 58% shooting, 4-8 from three. Eight rebounds, 12 assists, followed by Nikola Jokic. 22 points, 64% shooting, Knocked down a three, had 10 rebounds, had five assists. And, you know, we're going to get some love to Monte Morris as well. Came in, gave some big minutes for the Nuggets. In 19 minutes, he had 14 points on 71% shooting, two three-pointers, one rebound, one assist. You know how that goes for Monte Morris. On the Lakers side, you know, you mentioned the Lakers, you mentioned LeBron James, and so will we. 30 points on 60% shooting, nine, 10 rebounds, 11 assists, another triple-double for LeBron, who now moves right behind well, not right behind, but further closer to Magic Johnson on the all-time playoff triple-doubles list, which is something I never thought would be broken and still think that it's a long shot. But the way LeBron's playing, I mean, who knows, right? Next, Anthony Davis, who, although I did say could play a lot better, did play pretty well. 27 points, 52% shooting, only two rebounds and one assist. Missed all four of his three, so not super great, but 42 big minutes, and he's played so well so far. Aside from that, the Lakers, it was pretty rough. I was going down back and forth between two players, and I finally decided to sell on KCP, who was the only guy on the Lakers who really brought, I think, more consistent effort, and not just in the offensive end. Uh, shout out to Kyle Kuzma, honorable mention there. KCP, Contavious, Caldwell Pope, 12 points on 62% shooting, two three-pointers, three rebounds, had an assist, played well, got his hands on a couple steals. Speaking of steals, Rondo had three of those, going with eight assists and um, nine points, even though he didn't shoot super great from the field and didn't really wake up on the defensive end until it was much too late. Uh, not so much in, in winning the game, but just in the terms of it's a playoff game and you need a lot more early on. So those are the lines of the night. We'll have to see how tonight holds with Boston and Miami, which, by the way, Miami leads two games to one. It will be played at 8.30 on ESPN. Make sure to check that out. And also, I have to give a shout-out to my podcast partner, Garrett Bougay on Dunk- Duncan Dynasty. Check that out, Duncan Dynasty on Twitter. Garrett Bougay on Twitter, at Garrett Bougay. He is doing League Pass Radio on the Boston Celtics-Miami Heat game four. And you should definitely check it out because aside from just great broadcasting excellence because he has broadcasting experience, 
Bougay, <laughs> Mr. Bougay, brings a great level of analysis and statistics that you won't find anywhere else into his broadcast, and he folds it in so well. It's definitely a treat to listen to, even if you're watching the game. You can watch the game and plug in alongside, so definitely make sure to check that out. Again, tonight at 8.30 on ESPN. All right, two last little pieces of news. One, Adam Silver going on CNN uh, in a uh, as a guest in a series of panel discussions did not indicate that any decisions are finalized but did say that his best guess for next season will not start until at least late January plus acknowledge that the later than usual schedule could mean that top U.S. men's players miss next summer's Tokyo Olympics which is pretty rough especially for guys like LeBron who really wanted to do one last you know Olympic run or guys like Greg Popovich who wanted to coach and be a part of that but I mean the way China's been so far it'll be interesting to see how that works out Again, just to remind you, the NBA, in case you didn't remember, hasn't played in arenas filled with fans since March 11th. Remember, the league suspended the season because of the coronavirus back then. A very small number of fans, maybe 30 to 40 per game, have been allowed to watch inside the NBA's restart bubble. But all of them have been family members or close friends who were tested daily like everyone else in the bubble. So it definitely is a lot different than saying, hey, Joe off the street, come on and watch the Lakers and Clippers play. You know what I mean? Without access to adequate testing or whatever the case may be. So we'll have to see how the NBA adjusts to that. Now, just in case y'all didn't know, typical NBA season has a regular season that lasts about six months. Then you got a two-month postseason. So if you're taking those same kind of metrics and applying them to this next potential starting point of the season, then a January start could mean a June or July regular season finish with the playoffs concluding in August or September, which could greatly affect Olympic plans because the rescheduled Tokyo Olympics are set to begin July 23rd and run through August 8th if those games are held. The final qualifying rounds uh, of the 24 still bidding would begin in June. That means there's a lot of still great NBA players who are still playing basketball in the NBA when the Tokyo basketball season would be running. So that is an issue. And there are several NBA coaches who also plan to coach in the Tokyo Olympics or in the qualifying rounds. That was Greg Popovich for USA Basketball. He was going to be assisted by Steve Kerr and Atlantis Lloyd Pierce. Again, Steve Kerr, coach of the Golden State Warriors. Then it was going to be Golden State associate head coach Mike Brown to coach Nigeria. You had Toronto assistant Sergio Sicario will coach Spain. And then you had Nick Nurse of the Raptors coaching Canada in the qualifying and then the Olympics if they should qualify. So it's definitely going to be, as Adam Silver said, highly unique and unusual circumstances. We'll have to see how that works out. Um, NBA news for the Bulls, or should I say doubles, just got a new coach, Billy Donovan. Yep, after five seasons with OKC, veteran coach Billy Donovan takes over by heading to Chicago, which was a surprise because from what I had gathered, the 55-year-old Donovan had basically mutually split with the Thunder because he wasn't sure of their plans and, you know, whether they're rebuilding or competing and maybe or maybe not didn't want to be part of a rebuild. But, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Chicago wasn't great. Last year, they finished 22-43, and 43, one of the eight teams that didn't qualify for the NBA's restart. And aside from, you know, a few bright spots, and when I say a few, I, I mean very few, they don't look like a team I'm seeing in the playoffs next year. You know what I mean? Like, that's not something that I'm banking on. So the Bulls are hoping that Donovan gives them a lift because they've missed the postseason for the last, what, four times in five years. Um, key members of their team, Zach Levine, averaged 25.5 points this season. Larry Markinen as well. Uh, you got Otto Porter, you got Chris Dunn, you got some guys, but I mean, Kobe White, I just don't know if this is a team that does Billy Donovan think he's going to take him to playoffs this upcoming season. I mean, it's the Eastern Conference, so I guess anything could go, but I don't know. As far as my thoughts on Donovan in general, I think he's a nice enough guy. I really wish he was a lot faster with uh, changes in Oklahoma City, specifically, you know, changing on the fly in high-level situations personnel-wise, but 
I'm not going to go too crazy over that, especially knowing that with Chicago, I doubt he will find himself in many of those scenarios. So it remains to be seen how that works, but that's just how I'm looking at it. Anyway, that's all I got for NBA today on this lovely Wednesday, September 23rd. Again, make sure to check out HoopBall. This is a HoopBall presentation after all, at HoopBall Tweets on Twitter, hoop-ball.com. Check out myself at CorbinNBA please do check out Garrett Bougay. I already mentioned him before. Great guy at Garrett Bougay at Duncan Dynasty. Uh, do what you can. Stay frosty. Stay chill. I will talk to y'all real soon. Hi, y'all. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.